you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior. This week's a special week. We're playing some messages that uh, we recorded in churches when we were up in Minnesota recently about PTSD and things we go through and how to help, and we sure hope they're a blessing to you. Here we go. Call the intertestamental period, the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's hundreds of years in there, and during that time was some of the most wicked times in the history of the world. You had the Maccabees, you had... Alexander the Great, and people were fighting and conquering the lands and all that stuff, and, and they were bringing the, the Greek language out so people would understand the, uh, the Bible and things of that nature. They were forcing them to learn these things, and as they went around, they would fight, and they would draft people, and there'd be wars and all these things going on. Then they would leave a region, and they'd leave the people they drafted. They'd leave these veterans out there, and they'd be all messed up. I believe Legion is one of those guys. The Bible doesn't say it, but I have that feel that he said there's a bunch of us. Well, how did we get there? There's a bunch of us who've been hurt. There's a bunch of us whose lives have been upside down. There's a bunch of us that it doesn't make sense to. And, and then he says in verse 10, he besought him, he begged him, he said, he besought him much that he would not send him out of the country. I'm amazed that the Lord saves him. And right away, Legion says, don't send me away. Now, I've thought about that. I've pondered that. But, you know, he feels good for the first time. Here's the guy who's crying and cutting himself with stones. Here's the guy who's running around naked. Here's the guy that everybody hates. Here's the guy whose world's upside down. And he's better. And he says, Lord, don't send me away. Now, they were nigh. They were right next to them in the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. And I'm always perplexed by this because you know that pigs or pork in that time was against the religion, against the region. It was everything bad. It wasn't unclean meat. So what these people were doing, these, these great Jewish people, they were raising pigs to feed to the Samaritans. So can you imagine the Lord showing up for that? Where we don't like the Samaritans, we hate them, but we're going to get rich off of them. We don't like pigs, they're unclean. We're going to have nothing to do with it, but we're going to get rich off. And so here's the Lord showing up, and here you got this maniac. Uh, this maniac, he's demonically... Uh, you know, he's possessed by a demon, so he's demonically, uh, I love Debbie so much, yeah, she always tries to help me along, but he's possessed, so can you imagine, some, this is all I see, so when you start losing your hearing and you get older and you're married, sometimes your wife talks to you like this, And I go, okay, baby, you know, <laughs> yeah, don't do that anyway. But so here's the guy, his life is, he says, let me stay with you, God. I want to stay with you. I was possessed. My life was upside down. I was crying. I was cutting myself with stones. And I'm, I'm amazed by that. And so we know all this swine is out there and they're feeding. And the devils besought him. So these demons, there's enough demons, plural, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them because the demons knew I can go into the swine, it's unclean. So again, we go back to that lesson about clean and unclean. The Holy Spirit of God is clean. People who accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, hearts are sealed with clean. But these unclean things, they need to go somewhere. 
So they hop into this swine, and it says forthwith, right away, Jesus let them go, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the pigs, to the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. Now, I'm blown away by this. Here's these 2,000 pigs hanging around. They're going to make a lot of money off of 2,000 pigs. And by the way, I'm thankful that God opened up our ability to eat pig, praise God. I, I'm a rib guy. Debbie will tell you the barbecue, all that stuff down in South Carolina. That stuff is right with God. But here's these pigs. You want to talk about a picture of life without Jesus Christ? That's a picture of life without Jesus Christ. They ran down that steep place into the Sea of Galilee. You can go look at that place where they ran into the Sea of Galilee. It's a steep ledge. And they drowned. And that's always bothered me. Years ago, I was in Iowa, and I, I went to a pastor's house who um, was trivocational. He pastored a church, was a really good man, was a Korean War veteran. That was his love. That was his vocation he loved. He delivered fuel oil part-time. They had a fuel oil business, and they would deliver fuel oil around, uh, things like that, and he had a pig farm. I remember as I was studying uh, Mark chapter 5 while I was at his And I said, Pastor, I got a question for you. And he says, I know what it is. He says, I know where you're going. I know what you're going to ask me. He said, Brother Doug, pigs can swim just fine as long as they can see the other side. You know, we got a world of people out here that can't see the other side. They don't know that we pass from death unto life. They don't know that Jesus Christ has saved us. They don't know that we're sealed in the hand of our Lord and Savior. They don't get that we can see the other side. We know what's going to happen when we leave this place. We know where we're going. And these pigs, they, they went out there. They couldn't see the other side of the Sea of Galilee, so their hoofs just ripped up their throats and killed them. So you lost 2,000 swine you can feed to the Samaritans and sell to them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and they, they went right down the hill in verse 14. And they, fed, they that fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and the country, and they went out to see that which was done. And they come to Jesus, and they see him that had been possessed, the legion with the devil, uh, had been possessed with the devil, and the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told it to them how it befell to them, and the things that was possessed with the devil and concerning the swine, can you imagine when, when God starts working, people start talking, doesn't he? Uh, I mean, people just, people just start talking about that. Years ago, we were on deputation for, uh, for missions back in 2004. And I remember I went to this church. This church was up in North Carolina in the middle of nowhere. And for the life of me, I couldn't find this church. And I'm driving up and down the road. And finally, on the other side of the road, there was a gas station. And, and over there, it's called a Sheets gas station. And they have, it's like a coffee shop, a subway. Uh, in a gas station all mixed together. And they always have a guy with like ADHD like I have. So I, if you haven't picked it up, I, I deal with ADHD and OCD and DUMD. So you guys got to hang with me on that. And, and yeah, and it's even worse than I got a traumatic brain injury. So I was in a helicopter accident. Had my face smashed, neck broken, lung, cla lung collapsed. And yeah, so I'm a weird dude, man. But anyway, so I get people who are messed up. My wife's like, yeah, he's because I'm messed up with them. But anyway, I get to this gas station. I'm off the rabbit trail again. I'm back to this Sheets gas station. I can't find the church. So I pull up to the gas station, and as soon as you walk in, there's a guy in there. He's got one of these little microphones, and he directs people. And, and they always pick the ADHD people and the people who are all wound up. 
They said, hey, what do you need? You want a sub? We got subs on sale today. You get a turkey sub, half price, as long as you buy a coffee over there. You get a coffee sub, bring it to the counter, half price. I'm like, whoa. They said, you like lattes? We got lattes today, 25% off. You can have many lattes. <laughs> and he just keeps on talking. I'm sitting there going, whoa, man. I'm telling you what, a medical school could have fun with this guy, you know. And uh, then I said, excuse me, sir. I said, I appreciate everything. I don't need a coffee or a sub, maybe later. But I said, can you tell me where this church is at, Grace? And he said, I can tell you where it is, but you don't want to go there. I said, whoa. I said, why don't I want to go there? He said, everybody who goes there gets saved. He said, they're all messed up over there. He said, they get saved. He said, nobody wants to work on Sunday. He said, they come in and they give stuff to people who work in here. They give, he said, they give this literature with Bible verses on. People are getting saved. Nobody wants to work Sunday. You don't want to go there. He says, they're going to mess you all up. And I said, I'm sorry you had that experience, but can you tell me where they are? I'm pre he said, you're one of them. I said, I'm preaching there. And he said, right down the street a mile on your left. He said, but you don't want to go there. I remember I got to the car and I got out there finally to pastor had come out the sign they wouldn't let you put the sign too close to the road it ended up being a big little church back there if that makes sense but anyway i pulled up to the church and they bought me a uh, a gps when they first came out it was like that big i had a screen that big on it back then but i remember i said pastor i gotta give you some bad news i said that guy over at sheath he said yeah he's the manager his name's john he said boy we've been praying for him i said well he doesn't like you he's all wound up and thinks you guys are saving everybody. I had to tell him that God does the saving. And I said, he's, he said, oh, Brother Doug, it'll be all right. We're praying for him. And he said, about half the people that work for him are in the choir this morning. <laughs> he said, they're a good group over there. And uh, so anyway, I got up and I preached. I did all that. A few months later, I called this pastor up. And I said, I said, Pastor, how's things going? He said, you remember John? The guy at Sheets with ADHD? I said, yeah. He said, fourth row choir, brother. He got saved. And, but when God starts working, yeah, he made it to the fourth row of the choir. Can you imagine that? He must have been all messed up, man. He, he hated that. God had to really do a work on his heart. But it says, and they that saw it told how it befell to him that was possessed of the devil, and also concerning the swine. They said, you're not going to believe this. That maniac guy, that guy that runs around naked, that guy that cries and cuts himself with stones, that guy whose life is upside down, he's up there and he's dressed. And all the pigs are dead. No one's going to make any money. we got to go to the unemployment office. We don't know what happened. And there's God sitting up there. And look what it says in verse 17. And they began to pray for him to depart out of the coast. Now, friends, the first time I saw that, I thought to myself, they're praying for the maniac to depart out of the coast to get out of there. And I got it. I said, I get it. They want the maniac to leave. They don't understand that he's saved. Hey, folks, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Here we go, folks, from Bemidji. They don't understand that things are getting all right. But then I read it again, and I looked it up, and they're praying for Christ to leave. Just like our nation today, before we get all self-righteous, they didn't want Christ in the schools. They don't want Christ in the VA. They don't want Christ here. They don't want Christ there. Those are some really sad words. And when he was come into the ship, so the Lord goes back to get on the ship and go on with his ministry. He that had been possessed with the devil prayed that he might be with him. 
Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, isn't it fun when God says that for us to do something? This guy doesn't want to leave God. He's praying right there. God's right there. He said, please don't make me leave. I want to go with you. And the Lord looks at him and says, go tell your friends what great and wonderful things I have done for thee. Had compassion on me. And you know, I'm, I, it's not that I'm totally amazed by that. I'm more amazed at what this maniac did who was crying himself, cutting himself cut himself with stones, handcuffed, shackled, life upside down. I'm more amazed that this guy, as soon as he gets saved, he gets dressed, he gets right. He goes to the capitalist and he publishes. He starts preaching. He starts passing out tracts. He starts talking to people. And his life's not. So he listened to Christ and did what Christ told him to do. You know, God can use things in our life. He can take these storms we go through. He can take an old maniac who was possessed of the devil, whose situation was hopeless. Chapter 5 in the book of Mark, every commentary I have at home, calls it the chapter of the incurables. Some people call it the chapter of the hopeless. Some people call it the chapter of the ordinary people. But you know what happens to everybody in chapter 5? The demon-possessed dude, the dead girl, the, the, the girl with the blood disease, the disease of blood. You know what happened to those people? God fixed and saved every one of them. You know what can happen to us? God can fix and save every one of us. You know, the Bible says there's four things you need to know to be saved. It's all four things, four easy things. First, each of us is we're all sinners. The Bible says there's not one of us that are righteous, not one of us, that we all fall short of the glory of God. The Bible's clear that we're sinners. And then the Bible goes on and says we have a sin problem, that sin problem, you know what it tells us? The, the Bible says for the wages of sin is death. You know what we've earned in life by being born into a sinful world? Death. As long as there's sin in this world, there's going to be death. As long as there's death in this world, there's going to be sin. We're sinners. There's a price on sin, which is death. Jesus paid that price. I don't know about you, but I love that. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us. He loved us so much that Christ died for us. Can I tell you, before we were even born, any of us, Christ died for us. Number one, you're a sinner. Number two, there's a price on sin. Number three, Christ paid that price. And you know what the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10? That if we speak it with the mouth, if we pray, and we ask for him to save us, believing in the heart that he alone can save us, he alone can take care of these, you know what he does? He saves us. He says, because our heart speaketh unto righteousness. It's not our righteousness. It's when God gets a hold of our heart. You know, maybe you're here this morning, you're not saved. Would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes? I'm going to get out of your way, I promise. You've been so gracious this morning. Such a wonderful church here this morning. Would you close your eyes for just a second? No one looking around. You don't have to stand up. Would you say, Brother Doug, I'm 100% sure I knew I was a sinner. I'm 100% sure I knew there was a price on sin, which is death. I'm 100% sure I knew Christ paid that price. And him alone, he paid it. I'm 100% sure there was a time in my life where I asked him to save me. I prayed. I spoke it with my mouth, prayed and asked him to save me, and believed in him alone to do that. Would you raise your hand and say, I'm 100% sure I'm saved this morning? Brother Doug, there is no doubt in my mind that I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Would you put your hand down? Thank you. If you raised your hand, would you pray for those who couldn't raise their hand? If you're here this morning and say, Brother Doug, I'm not sure I'm saved this morning. I, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure I knew I was a sinner. I'm not sure I knew there was a price on sin. I'm not sure I knew that Jesus paid that price. I'm not sure. We serve a God of surety this morning. We serve a God who gives us blessed assurance. We serve a God that can take care of that. 
you know, can I pray for you this morning? There's no one looking around. If you could shut off the camera or put a piece of paper in front of it or something. If you're here this morning and say, Brother Doug, I'm not sure I'm saved this morning. Would you pray for me? Would you lift your hand up and say, I'm not sure I'm saved? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to look for you. Would you say, I'm not sure? I'm not sure I'm saved. I'd love to pray for you. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Brother Doug, I, I'm going through the trials of life. I've been in those storms. I, I, I need the Lord to bless me this morning. I need his touch on my life. Would you pray for me and I'll sit down? Can I pray for you this morning? I want to serve God better. I want to get through these storms better. Would anyone join me and say, would you pray for me, Brother Doug? I, I see one hand. Anyone else say, would you pray for me? Dear God, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. We pray, Lord, that you do a work in our hearts and minds. Oh, God, we love you. Help us, Lord, as one raised the hand and said, I, I need the Lord's touch this week. Help us. Lord, you heard our prayer request for those getting surgery, for those with hard things going on. Oh, God, would you touch us? We need you this week. Do a work in our lives. Lord, would you put someone in our life this week who's not saved? Would you allow us to pour ourselves into somebody? We love you and we need you. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, Doug. Why don't we stand as we sing another one of the wonderful old hymns, It Is Well With My Soul.
Folks, we sure hope you enjoyed this today. It's quite an honor that you would tune us in, and we're thankful for that. Come back tomorrow for a whole new message, and we're just so honored, again, that you tune us in. We're praying for you. Say a prayer for us, and we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. May God bless you. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.